Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. So in honor of the recent release of Magic the Gathering Arena on Steam, we're going to spend this episode talking about our favorite format on Arena, Historic Brawl. Specifically, we're going to be talking about what we'd change to improve the format and maybe offer up some tips and tricks along the way. But before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits, including ad-free episodes for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's jump in. Um, so we love Historic Brawl. It is a great format. That being said, there definitely some ways it can be improved and one of the ways is by maybe sprucing up the ban list a little bit um, <laughs> and I, I think there's there's really an elephant in the room when it comes to bannable cards that are legal in historic brawl um, and really it's it's we can't have this discussion without talking about paradox engine uh, paradox <laughs> engine is for those who aren't familiar with it, it's a five mana legendary artifact. Uh, and whenever you cast a spell, untap all non-land permanents you control. So it's actually banned in Commander. It has been since shortly after it was released. And it really should probably be banned in Historic Brawl as well. It's, it's a very similar format. A lot of the problem cards that bust Paradox Engine, like Mana Rocks and Mana Dorks, there's plenty of those in historic brawl and it just leads to these like situations where i'm probably gonna lose but i'm not a hundred percent sure i should probably just like wait here and lose for longer in the hopes that maybe they'll fizzle but they never fizzle (laughs) so it's just like really not fun magic the gathering games um And also, it's just like, even if you're the one doing the Paradox Engine, it's much harder to like go through the motions on Arena because you're just like doing all these different clicks. And like, whereas in paper, you can kind of just like, okay, each spell I cast gives me this much mana. I'm just going to track that on this dice as opposed to click, 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 click. So it's like, Un- it's not super fun for the person who's doing it. It's not. It's certainly not fun for the person who it's being done to, and it's banned in like the closest analog format to Historic Brawl, and nobody seems to really like this card. <laughs> uh, but but do you have any thoughts on Paradox Engine? How do you feel about its current legality? Yeah. So I think the thing that's saving Paradox Engine is the fact that. Uh, you kind of have to think and plan about it being in your deck a little bit. Um, And there's just like that little modicum of effort past like throwing in a crater hoof or something like putting in a good card that makes it busted that I think is keeping it off of the watch list because that means it's put in just like, you know, maybe a standard deviation less decks than some other card that they might be looking at. So I think like one of the things about like 
Paradox Engine being legal and people playing Paradox Engine on Historic Brawl is that not as many people are playing it as they should, so they're not considering it a problem, you know? That's really what it feels like to me, because it is absolutely busted. I have decks where, like, I have it, and, like, if I'm just like, hmm, I wonder if this will still work, and it usually... Duh. <laughs> it's it usually... <laughs> I'm like, okay, and then I get my Paradox Engine, and I'm clicking, and I'm clicking, and then the timer shows up, and you're like, and I'm clicking, and I'm clicking, and I'm clicking, and I'm clicking. <laughs> and uh, usually you win unless the timer runs out, but um, that has definitely happened to me where I'm like maybe like four to five activations away from like winning, and the timer just <laughs> turn, <laughs> turns off, and the turn passes, and... Uh, my opponent gets to interact, but that's my guess as to why it's not on their radar. If it, it well, if it's not on the radar, why it's not is just because, like, to me, it seems like a card that like not enough people want to deal with. You know, because it is so many clicks, <laughs> it is so many button presses, screen taps, whatever like format you end up playing arena on. Yeah. It's definitely unwieldy to use, but I don't think like the deck building cost is that high. I think like oh no, it's I don't think it is either. I think yeah, I I think it's like people underestimating like what it is, or like being like oh well now I got to play like like seven more mana rocks, and it's like no, like you don't you don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) You get to (laughs) yeah, you get. (laughs) So I think that kind of like deck building constraint like the the deck building constraint in people's minds is what's keeping paradox engine from a higher consideration is basically what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. um not necessarily that that's the reality <laughs> because i do think that it should be if i mean it should probably just be banned also like not even just for the power level because the power level is obviously like ridiculous but for just the interaction the how awful the games feel after it because even if like i'm the one doing the paradox engineering like i win and i'm like whoo okay i'm gonna i don't smoke but i need a cigarette or something like that was a (laughs) that was a lot (laughs) so that's i'm not quite sure how your experience lines up with that but it always feels like a slog even if i'm using it yeah it's definitely not a fun card and just for like uh maybe expectation setting or just like a a slightly more objective view of like people's thoughts on paradox engine um recently on the brawl subreddit um somebody posted a poll asking about like which you know kind of which card would you like to get banned from historic brawl and the options were time warp dark ritual immersion ultimatum wash away casualties of war and paradox engine paradox engine by itself got almost half the votes and it got almost three times as many votes as the next most popular card to be banned. So like the community definitely seems to be strongly against this card. Um, And I am with the community on this issue. (laughs) But that being said, let's, let's move on to the next thing we change. And before we can talk about like changes we would make to this thing, I really want to explain it as best I understand it. Um, 
So this is the matchmaking algorithm. So there's a couple. So this is not something that like Wizards has made fully public or been 100% transparent about. But there's a couple things going on with like how you your historic brawl deck gets paired with other historic brawl decks. The most like obvious of these, this one's like kind of just an open secret, is the hell queue. Uh, so there are certain commanders where they're just like so unfun to play against that they basically get their separate queue. Um, and so if you're trying to do like brawl, like 60 counter spells, 40 lands or whatever, uh, you're probably going to end up in hell queue and only get paired against other like kind of antisocial commanders. Um, that said, there are exceptions where it's possible, like, for somebody outside the hell queue to get paired against a hell queue commander, and I'll get into that in just a second. Um, but there's for the the matchmaking the matchmaking algorithm. There's four factors taken into account. We think this isn't some again. This isn't fully public, um, but just based on things that Wizards employees have said in their comments on the the Brawl subreddit or the Arena subreddit, um, it appears that matchmaking is determined by the strength of your commander, the strength of your like 99 cards, the rest of your deck, your hidden ranking, and your time in queue. So unlike um, in Standard or other like ranked formats, your ranking is not visible when you're playing historic brawl but it is it does exist um and it there was a point where it was like visible in your log files before they ended up hiding it so like it's something that is on the platform and it we believe that it does impact who you get paired against so the algorithm basically like starts off by trying to pair the strongest commanders against each other so that's kind of like the hell queue i was talking about um but if you have like a really powerful 99 or like a high hidden ranking um or or if you've both been in the queue for a long time then you might end up getting paired against someone who like doesn't quite match up with the strength of your commander so uh, like sort of before we get into how we would change that algorithm, I want to do like a quick aside and talk about like if you were so inclined to game the algorithm in order to try to get more favorable pairings, here are some do's and don'ts. So number one thing is, yes, you have a hidden ranking. Yes, it goes down when you lose and up when you win but you really, really do not want to intentionally tank your hidden ranking. Do not do this. Um, if you like concede a bunch of times in a row, uh, Wizards monitors that, and they're going to send you a nasty message and put a strike on your account, and if you keep doing it, it might end up with you being banned. So just don't do not do that. Not a, not a good idea. Don't try to do that. Uh, another... This next tip is kind of obvious. Probably don't want to play Hell Q commanders. If if you are consistently getting paired against miserable decks, you should probably be playing something else. Um, also, another thing is like 
if you have been in the queue for a long time, if you're hitting like 45 seconds without getting a match, um, or even like 30 seconds without getting a match, you might want to consider dropping from the queue and rejoining to refresh your queue time and make it less likely that you're paired with somebody in the hell queue. Because again, like even though they don't want to match you with somebody whose commander is just way, way stronger than yours, um, they also don't want people waiting around in the lobby for super long. So they they've kind of have made the choice to make it so that you get to like play magic even if it's unbalanced magic as opposed to just like waiting and nothing happens. So keep that in mind. You can hop out, jump back in and reset the timer on that. Okay. Number four, this is, I think the, this has like this last tip I think is the most useful one. It's also one of the more fun things to do rather than like, uh, you know, jumping out of cues over and over. Um, play synergy commanders that subsidize really bad cards so when I want to get my daily or weekly wins uh, I play my SRAM deck so SRAM is the, the two mana white commander whenever you cast an aura vehicle or equipment spell draw a card so I mean it certainly has some advantages he's cheap I can easily recast him if he dies um but he's not the strongest and like a control deck that runs huge amounts of interaction will probably beat him because his card quality is so low. But a deck with a ton of interaction is probably going to flag the algorithm as having a strong 99. Whereas SRAM runs a lot of very, very bad cards. Like I'm running almost every crappy one mana equipment or aura um so i've just got like you know 30 or 40 crappy auras and equipment in my deck uh which makes it look very very bad to a naive algorithm that's just checking to see like what percentage of your deck is format staples um so as a result i've noticed that the pairings are often pretty favorable and it's not uncommon for sram to get paired against like colorless decks which have to be among the lowest ranked decks in terms of like the power level of their main deck cards so i think there are a lot of commanders out there that just subsidize truly awful cards and those if you can make those decks like work well um like if the subsidy is good enough then you can i i think like game the algorithm a little bit and get slightly favorable matchups. So things to keep in mind in terms of like getting the algorithm to work for you. But that being said, after all that explanation, <laughs> Zach, how would you change the matchmaking algorithm? Um, I mean, I think one of the big things is looking at the deck list itself. I, I think cards themselves should it, it shouldn't just be looking at your commander like your deck should have some like rough number associated with it or something like that like some value associated with it that each card carries with it um that would help matchmaking a little bit because if you're playing um kenrith uh you know saprling tribal you know 
Like you're obviously not going to be able to compete with the Atraxes and the Niv Mizzets and you know all the other big bads uh, that are just gnarly, multicolor, doing like stupid things. Even though your commander is not actually subsidizing what you're trying to do there. So you're just going to be put in these queues. Your your mega casual deck is going to be put in these queues with these like hyper competitive builds, and you're just never going to get to do what you want. I I think they're kind of looking at that with like I don't know. Again, I don't know exactly how their algorithm work works, but to an extent, they are looking at like what's in your ninety nine. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess, I would say it's like they're look. They have an idea of sort of what the format staples are or they're looking at like efficient interaction. Um, and so, so like, you know, if, if I think that if like one Kenrith deck is running like, you know, a bunch of counter spells, swords to plowshare, super efficient removal, efficient, like ramp and card draw. I think that will be less likely to bit to get paired against Kenrith Sapperling tribal. Um, mm-hmm. But Again, I don't know exactly how the matchmaking algorithm works, and we just have to like try to puzzle it out from the outside. Yeah, I know it is difficult, because I definitely feel like I will play something. So, uh, for instance, we got a bunch of the Aftermath commanders, and so I like finally had some time to brew and to play, and I was trying to put together uh, the new Red-White and Nalar deck on Historic Brawl, and I... It was like Moldrotha, and then Yarak, and then Azuri, and then uh, Baral, and I was like, "Why? <laughs> like, why? What is? What does this funny little Boros deck have going for it that makes it basically impossible for me to test what I'm doing? Because I, you know, like I." This deck is not tuned yet. I don't have the interaction I would need to compete against these. I need to figure out if this even works. And <laughs> it's just not happening. It's like, oh, well, I guess they, uh, the Yark deck got the the Risen Reef and is just going off. And I'm sitting here casting Ren's Resolve. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's pretty fun and good and fair to me. Yeah, I think there is like an element of timing to it as well, because uh, I'm fairly certain that arena the arena team like doesn't rank the command like the new doesn't, ones. Yeah, 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 it doesn't rank the new ones right off the bat. So I think there is value to be gained if you are able to recognize, oh, this commander is busted before everyone else does and before its ranking gets adjusted accordingly. Um, and similarly, like you're at a disadvantage if you try to play a bad commander early on, um, because it's not being like, it's not, it's ranking is kind of just like at the middle. It's not, it doesn't reflect how much it sucks. So you're not going to get paired against the bad decks. You're going to get paired against like the average deck. Um, so that is kind of unfortunate, and maybe that's something where you would want to revisit it later after mm-hmm. you know the next set comes out, and maybe they've adjusted the rankings for the aftermath commanders. Mm-hmm. Kind of figured out 
where everything is supposed to sit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because sometimes that's pretty pretty awful. Usually that ends up happening. Like, I'm trying to test something new that comes out, and I just get, like, steamrolled by something, and it's like, I come on. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Arena. Like, like look at this. <laughs> look at this list. I can't. I can't believe this. Like, do you really think, like, my Plarg and Nasari deck is going to be able to compete against this, like... Atraxa, four-color yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, come on. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, for my part, I will say that I I think that, like, time in queue should like not be as big of a factor mm-hmm. i would and i will preface this by saying that i play on desktop exclusively so i've got like arena on one monitor while i'm doing something else on the other monitor and i don't really mind waiting a while to get paired up against an opponent who's like on my level um rather than just oh you've been waiting for 35 seconds let's just put you up against rusko again um so i would rather get like i mean a longer wait time in between games as long as i know i'm know those games are more likely to be fun um but you know maybe a mobile player would have a different opinion or or you had an idea like um well, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think they are worried about mobile players. I'm not sure what percentage of players are mobile, you know, at this point. Is that something they've talked about? I don't think that's public. The idea that I'd had was just like when a user logs in, they just have a tag based on like if they are playing on mobile or a desktop mm-hmm. and that could prioritize the queue because if like i mostly it's funny that you mostly play on desktop i mostly play on like my phone (laughs) when i'm like have downtime somewhere i'm like waiting at the doctors i'm waiting at work for something to happen you know something like that that's usually when i have these like weird little 15 minute bursts to play Mm -hmm. so i could see like there if i was put into a queue specifically for like a jank commander and there's no one playing jank like how that might suck a little bit more but that seems easy to fix because you put the tag on you go oh this is a mobile player um the queue they get put in the faster queues so that like it the matchmaking might be worse but the time is less and then voila there nothing really changes for that person but the desktop players can like actually get matched a little bit more appropriately you know yeah that that seems like an easy fix to do too yeah i think that's a good idea i would love if the client worked that way just like no noticeable difference for mobile players but desktop players who you know likely have multiple monitors or like who can do something on their phone while they're waiting to get buried that kind of thing um I think it'd just be a nice quality of life thing. And and also like when you think about it, you know, yeah, it's, it's kind of fun to play magic even against a Rusko player. But if you're maximizing like quality, like the amount of like the 
total amount of time spent playing like quality games of magic versus like you know the amount of time playing any magic at all i just think i think i've played enough rusco matches to last me the rest of my life is what i'm saying (laughs) yeah no don't need to worry about that you're you're okay (laughs) um anyway uh any last thoughts on the matchmaking algorithm, or do you want to talk about our our last category of changes we'd like to make to Historic Brawl? Well, this this is actually just not really a thought. Just I would like, uh, and I'm going to say this again at the end, but just if you have ideas, I know a lot of uh, listeners have experience um, either not necessarily like building something like Arena, but encoding or something like that, like. If there's a reason that these fixes or these ideas like wouldn't work, I'd really love to hear why. Or if there's ideas that you have to fix them that you think they could implement easily, like I'd also love to hear them. So that's really um, all I want to say about this is I know that if you're listening to this episode right now, you probably also play Historic Brawl. It's like pretty much the only way to get a commander like experience when you're <laughs> like alone these days. So. Let us know what you think, and uh, and yeah, let's move on to the next section. And this is the section that I feel, I think, the most strongly about. Yes. Um, so this section is all about injecting cards into the format. And specifically, I really want to focus on um, injecting like commanders into the format. I think there's just a lot of commanders out there that would kind of enhance the decks that people want to play. It's the kind of thing like, you know, before they finally released Goshintai on Arena, everyone was trying to do their shrine deck, but just with like crappy five color commanders that have nothing to do with shrines, like Kyodai or Kenrith. Um, and it's just like, okay, people, there's clearly a need for this thing. Like when you highlight a when you have this like major theme in the set that's like geared towards casual um, and you release like all the, the old shrines in like historic anthologies or whatever, then, you know, it just begs the question of like, why Goshintai of life's origin was released at the same time as um, the rest of Kamigawa neon dynasty. It was in, it was a set booster exclusive card. So just why not, put it in with the set when you add it to arena like obviously people are going to want to do this thing people are going to want to build around the latest themes in the new set why not give them the tools to do so um like because it just mess it kind of just like messes up the matchmaking algorithm when like half the five color commanders you see are oh this is like messed up hyper aggressive kenrith versus oh, this is just some guy who wants any commander to let them play their shrines. And like the same kind of thing happens over and over. Like in uh, Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow, we of course had these limited themes that were like, oh, all about spirits or all about um, vampires, all about zombies. But like, what's the best spirit tribal commander on or like legal in historic brawl. What's the best vampire tribal commander legal in historic brawl? Um, like 
or spirits. I don't even know. Like there's not <laughs> like maybe Quintorius, but that's not even those colors don't even align with uh, the ones you'd want to play. Yeah. The ones from Innistrad. And then for vampires, it's like maybe the flip Edgar Markov, but then you can't play like all the red vampires. So it's just like, it's obvious that people want to do these things. And there's often like answers being printed right around the same time the set is released. Like Millicent Restless Revenant was in the uh, Crimson Vow Commander Precons. And she's a fine spirit tribal commander. She's arguably a much better one than the ones that currently exist on Arena. So why not just add her to the client? Because it's just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just not no. fun to like, okay, I guess I'll play Geist of St. Traft, I suppose, and just not really have major synergies between like, you know, making an angel token or like giving my commander evasion and what the spirit tribe actually wants to be doing, you know? It has seemed like crazy to me for like the last few years that uh arenas obviously had a lot bigger focus and they were building it and blah 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 and now it's kind of where it is it's uh we don't have pioneer but we have explorer which is almost pioneer minus like goblin bushwhacker and some like really funny cards um like we're getting close to the point where like they wanted arena to be so it doesn't make too much sense why we aren't getting like the commander deck cards as well um they're part of the sets that come out they wouldn't really break anything like what they'd be legal and historic and which has like bannings and restrictings and you know whatever like probation or what what do they call it when it's not banned but it's on the watch list Oh god, yeah, I forget. Um <laughs> card timeout, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, so it's it's not like they don't have tools to monitor and check these things. And it's also not like the cards that they've been printing in the commander decks the last as someone who who's knows them very um very closely and has a very intimate relationship with the cards in the commander decks as they're printed. Um there's really not anything too crazy that happens and if it does happen it doesn't happen often um it's like a tivet with uh well time sieve isn't even on uh, it's not arena. Arena. so that wouldn't so, even yeah. that wouldn't even matter you know so very rare that something game breaking is introduced and if these cards are part of the set like like one of the things in the recent set is the Brimaz, the terra Varescos or whatever the new white black phyrexian one like why isn't he on arena like what there's a whole phyrexian theme there's a whole bunch of these cards that care about phyrexians phyrexian tribal um in white black it's a limited theme we've just gotten multiple sets with phyrexians on them um but where but why why not him like why not give them somewhere to go why not have a deck that cares about like incubate like it it just seems strange that at bare minimum, they're not putting the commanders, at least like the face commanders or something, mm-hmm. from the commander decks into the game that they want everyone to play. Because it seems like it'd be a really easy place to get crossover traffic. You're like, oh, I made 
this Bremaz deck on Arena. Oh, I'd and really like to make that in paper. Yeah, it's super fun. I would love to take this to my local game store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we have listeners who've done this before, like in our in our Discord, who said like, I was playing this on Arena and I liked it so much I, I made it in person. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's wonderful. <laughs> like, that's cool. But why why not more often why not get that crossover going so this is the this is the one decision here that like really makes me the most confused um when they have their like basically triple a title and these like huge releases and they only give you like bits of it you know (laughs) yeah no excellent question uh i think that like i mean obviously they know Oh, people like to build around the new mechanics. Let's make sure they have commanders available so that they can easily do that. And we've been praising them ever since they like really started taking that approach. So why not just do it on your main digital client? Why not mm-hmm. give them this? You already like paid the designer to do the work. You just have to like port it. I mean, of course there's a lot of programming involved, but like I mean, I mean, there is like some promise that they might do this more often in the future. It was notable that in March of the Machine, um, so they had those like pre-release commanders that were technically part of the March of the Machine commander set, like uh, Catilda and Lear and Slimefoot and Squee. Um, so all of those were technically commander cards, but they all got added to the uh, mastery track in arena for the Mm -hmm. set so you can unlock all of them as commanders for historic brawl which is and i don't think they're legal in like you know standard and on um arena so that's great um you know you already put in the work just make it available for people some of those are fun commanders to play with great let's just expand it maybe a little bit more because i sure would love to play with like the convoke commander or the night tribal commander you know there's Mm -hmm. so many more options that would be very cool anyway i Um, feel the same way it's like siddhar jabari is this commander they created so that you could play with all the cool knights in like uh black and white and blue because you know oh we're adding another color to it but now you can't like what what is the best knight commander on arena right now like what you know what i mean like who who is gonna this this theme that's been like across multiple sets at this point like multiple colors who is going to house this for people who want to play with it you know it it doesn't really fit anywhere it doesn't really make sense and they kind of keep doing this like I just is kind of surprising to me that uh, we don't even get like a commander anthology in the same way we were getting like historic anthologies. Um, that seems like a pretty easy way to like distribute the cards, get them to make money, get them to hone in on like a particular like market. But you know, I I don't know how many people they have working in the arena mines. I don't know how many people they have. <laughs> coding away um i feel like they should probably have more and they should probably not work everybody as hard as they do (laughs) it's like it's this is your premier title like 
you should probably put in a decent amount of effort. I guess the uh, Sir Gwyn, that's the one who's on Arena, but mm-hmm. then you're that's this weird like equipment night. You know what I mean? It's, it's you also, can't play your blue ones. Yeah, like you won't really be able to get use out of your all the March of the Machines night stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. Which was awesome. Like that's it's so fun. I don't know whoever listening like if they draft how often you might draft, but it's like an incredibly fun archetype in the mm-hmm. limited format. Like they did a really good job with it. And oh, yeah, vigilance plus uh, convoke is extremely fun magic. Mm-hmm. And uh, yet we are here, uh, <laughs> twiddling our thumbs, trying to figure out what commander to put my blue white knights in that will actually contribute to a theme. So that's kind of that's the big main one for me. Um, figuring out how they could inject cards in, uh, I feel like they have that down pretty okay. You know, like they've done selections of cards before, um, like with those anthologies, the historic anthologies. Um, they could also do like put them into the. Um, they have like a version of jump start. That's just kind of always on arena now called jump in, mm-hmm. put them in to jump in or so, you know, like there's something like that. Like there's not really a reason that you couldn't quickly have a team throw together uh spirits jump in deck and put Millicent in it, you know, that or just like, like put them way. on the mastery track. Like they did for the, the pre-release commanders. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that'll get more people sinking, currencies in and buying the mastery track or just like spending wild cards on it that also sinks money into the platform like yeah there's i I mean or even just like release you know more frequent like just call it commander anthology whatever um and have people pay a bunch of gems for it i don't care (laughs) i'll Mm -hmm. i'll do that i just want more fun commanders Mm mm-hmm and and yeah, not feel like hindered if I sit there and I'm like, man, I would really like to play this blue white night lord somewhere, but instead I'm gonna just see a bunch of you in my collection, <laughs> and <laughs> you're gonna sit there, and also crossover stuff too. I think that's one of the things that if they they've recently talked about fixing standard. And they're starting to unveil their plan for fixing standard. And one of those things is a longer rotation, um, which is kind of baffling to me, but that's a whole different story. Um, but if they've been doing that with um, cards, or seems like they've been doing that with cards in commander decks as well. So like one in particular is like Vodalian Wave Knight, which is the 3-3 three, three Merfolk Knight for four, two white, blue. Uh, that whenever you draw a card, put a plus one plus one counter on each Merfolk and or knight you control. So this was in the Siddhar Jabari deck. It's a new commander card. Four knights in white blue. But it's also mentions Merfolk. We are going back to Ixalan. Like, you know, you were talking about how this makes sense, that they might be trying to like spread out the tribes. I would go back and listen to that episode if you want to hear more in depth about that. But this would do so much for those tribes in arena and it would cost them like just some time to figure out how to get on to the client you know like it 
this isn't going to break anything and this would make a ton of people really happy. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I don't understand how coding <laughs> works or something. Yeah. I feel like I, I, I thought I had a decent grasp on how these things could be put into the client, but maybe there is something that I'm just really not aware of. I know they have to put effort into certain places over others at various points in time uh, that they're constantly trying to get multiple sets in at any given point in time. Uh, there was a really good article about how um, Emmercool almost didn't make it into the Shadows Remastered um, because they weren't quite sure how to make... Uh, they were like, this is going to take too much time to figure out how to take an opponent's turn <laughs> mm -hmm. for them with the client. But they, I know they have time that's basically like free time quote quote for the the staff to just work on stuff that they feel like they want to work on and that was what a lot of people ended up working on was getting emmercool to work so like a lot of the team was like no we can't have the set without emmercool and just got emmercool in the game so i don't know if something like that can like the difference between the coding required for an emmercool and like a herald of hoofbeats which gives all your knights horsemanship seems very <laughs> drastic to me and it feels like it would not be nearly as much effort or time or like stress to be able to get some of these cards into historic brawl in a way that yeah. like matters and and i'm not saying like every single commander released has to be legal but like the ones that align with set themes the ones that you know people are going to try to build around um the good designs not all of them are winners we'll admit that um like yeah just working harder to get those onto the platform would be nice would certainly be like added quality of life and it would just lead to less frustration for the people who like oh man i love knights this is so cool and they just sadly look at their sir gwyn and that red pip in her mana cost um anyway that's that's all I really had to say in terms of like injecting cards in the format. Do you have any, have any last thoughts on the subject? Um, no, I feel like I got most of my, my brain worms out. So, uh, once again, if listeners want to let us know what they think, like why it might be hard to get cards onto the client, why they should just be on the client, why, why it might be easy to get cards onto the client, please let us know. Um, this is something that obviously we've been very uh, into since the format existed, came out. Um, I love it as like an on-ramp to Commander. I love that it allows me to scratch the itch when I'm like stuck in grad school and I have, don't have a whole bunch of time to get together with friends. Um, and it just is a good way to like keep interacting with Magic uh, in a way that I feel like is more meaningful than like trying to play the standard slog. So mm. yeah, if you like historic brawl let us know and we hope you enjoyed this episode yeah we just want it to be more fun you know <laughs> all right well with that that brings us to the end of the episode i want to give a brief thank you to our patreon patrons they are gustav ryan addison rick Raphael, kyle laser charlotte hannah andy james bryce benjamin brandon kydell jeremy russell dylan john john micah troy roxanne daniel andrew jason paul johan jonathan christian jim andrew Vasilios. Logan Fugabrudel, Carl Oscar, Danny B, Jean-Francois, Drew, Recton, Nick, BJ, Cameron, Valerio, Quincy, Carrie, Stephen, The Longs, 
Vincent, Maceo, Dylan, Cameron, Icy Wiener, and Aiden. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron, but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at commander theory. And on Twitter, I am at fat Bartleby. You can also email us at commander theory at gmail.com. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Nick Cage. You can check him out on SoundCloud. And if you're interested in some other creative products I'm working on, I have a band you can check out. We are a pink punk, pop punk band called The Have Nots, all one word like Cosmonauts. Uh, you can listen to all of our music for free right now. You can just head over to thehavenots.bandcamp.com. That is T-H-E-H-A-V-N-A-U-T-S.bandcamp.com. And check us out. Let me know what you think.